morning. This is our first episode of Mrs. K's Connecting. Um, this one is going out to my English 3 class, our American Lit Kids. We are currently going through the Scarlet Letter. Um, while I am not going to read the book to you over these recordings and over this podcast, I will create my recordings of what we have talked about or kind of breaking down the chapters that we are supposed to be reading or that you should be reading on your own. So, um, to start off, just to kind of dip our toes in the water here and make sure that everything works properly, um, I am going to finish talking about chapter four because that is what we last read. Um, so where we left off, um, obviously we didn't finish chapter four before we, um, got sent home for a couple weeks. Uh, excuse me. Um, again, we didn't finish chapter four before we got sent home for a couple weeks. However, um, I am going to finish talking about it. That way we can kind of wrap that up and move on with all the knowledge that we need to go into the rest of the book. So where we left off with chapter four, um, it was, chapter four is called The Interview, in case you can, couldn't remember or didn't remember. And the interview was all about this doctor coming to look at Hester Prynne and um, basically just having a physician look at her. And if you guys recall, the doctor or the physician ended up being the misshapen man that she recognized in the crowd. It was also the guy that was standing next to the Indian and... Um, you know, was wearing some Indian dress, and if we recall, you know, she got really embarrassed, she got flushed, she she recognized this man, and we had a lot of speculation as to who he was, and it becomes known in chapter four when he is talking to her after he's given her medicine and also given the baby medicine that uh, this man, this misshapen man who, you know, was rescued or taken in by Indians and has now come to this colony of Boston also is revealed to be her husband, right? And her, this is her husband, the scholar. Um, it also becomes known based on their conversation in the jail cell after he's given Hester and the baby medicine that the baby is not his. Um, as he, this is the first he has arrived. This is the first he's seen of Hester in a couple of years. And, Um, you know, it couldn't possibly be his child. Uh, They also go on to explain in the same chapter that, um, you know, this husband, her husband feels very betrayed, as most of us would, if our, you know, if our spouse or our loved ones, you know, had an affair with someone else. But not only does he feel betrayed, but he's also not surprised, um, If you guys recall, you know, he had this whole conversation about how he was old and he was on life's last leg and he basically had no preconceived notions that Hester was going to stay faithful to him this entire time throughout their marriage because she was so much younger than he was. And he, um, let me see if I can find it really quick. He actually says... Um, 
and I'll quote from the book, he actually says, Nay, from the moment when we came down the old church steps together, a married pair, I might have beheld the bale fire of that scarlet letter blazing at the end of our path. And, you know, so he he's very aware that something like this could have happened and probably would happen during their marriage. And Hester is also very honest, you know, that she did not fake any love towards him and she did not pretend to be in love with him and she was very frank. And, um, you know, he they're both aware of that. And I think he just thought that regardless of their age, you know, that he was he was going to feel sad or um, cheated or um, wronged regardless of when it happened or if it happened, as most of us would, right? <clears throat> so the way that the chapter wraps up is, you know, he is trying to figure out the name of the person who had an affair with Hester as everyone is in agreement that that person is just as guilty as Hester is, but Hester is refusing to give this man up, whether for the sake of her child or herself, or just the sake that she feels the need to protect him. She is not telling anyone what his name is, including her husband now. And her husband vows to go after this man, to figure out who this man is, and basically to confront him with his wrongs. Um, so again, at the end of the chapter, um, he is trying to convince Hester to give this man up and she will not do it. So he kind of changes roles and he says, you know, well, if you're not going to tell me who this man is, then I'm going to ask you to keep a secret of mine, just like you are keeping a secret of your lovers. And her husband's secret is that she does, he does not want anyone to tell he does not want Hester to tell anyone who he really is. So in other words, he is saying that his identity as her husband is gone. It's basically dead. He does not want to be known as her husband. He does not want to have any affiliation with Hester. He basically wants to start completely new as this other new person. And he's been referred to in the book as Roger Chillingworth. And that actually becomes the name that he adopts because he doesn't want to be known by his real name. And he doesn't want anyone to recognize him as Hester's husband, which no one in the town would because he's never been there. So Hester is the only person that could identify him as her husband. Um, and then to kind of cap it all off, he tells Hester that if she were to reveal that he is her husband... Um, then he would be basically, he would go after the person or the man that had the affair with Hester and he would try to take everything from him, his fame, his life, his money, anything that he has um, basically would become Hester's husband's. That's his threat to her in order to keep this secret. And that is pretty much the end of chapter four. So I will pick up on our next recording um, and I will break down chapter five and chapter six for you guys. I hope you had a chance to read and finish chapter four and we will talk about it at another time. Have a great day.